Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello and welcome to Royals Review Radio. I'm your host, Jake Milham, and joining me tonight is going to be my co-host, Jeremy Greco. Jeremy, how you doing tonight, man? Uh, better than Justin Reed, I'll give you that much. Hey, look, man, I've got some bad takes on Twitter, but that man is being filleted alive in front <laughs> of uh, in front of the Chiefs kingdom. He's about to be taken down to... Um, jacks and just you know put on the smoker it's uh it's, it's pretty bad man yeah <laughs> I, I, well, I we 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 already had we had the safety who did the, the talking on the twitter that didn't need to happen and and we got rid of him and then justin yeah. reed was supposed to be not that guy exactly i look i think the funny thing is tyron matthew hasn't had he hasn't tweeted since like august 30th he hasn't liked to tweet since August 30th. Like, that man is off of Twitter. And after all the headaches that he caused for Chiefs Kingdom last year, just with that one stinking app, I'm I'm ready. Elon, take it down, man. I'm Let's go down in a blaze of glory. Not to, to take us completely off track, but <laughs> I, I've, I've given Andy Reid a lot of credit for, for – having big personalities in his locker room and mm-hmm. letting them be them, but like not having this kind of stuff happen a lot. But then we have Justin Reed who I don't, I don't mind the trash talking a little bit. I think that's okay. But then Andy Reed comes out and he says, listen, he didn't know he wasn't supposed to do that. I made sure he knows he's not supposed to do that anymore. <laughs> We're moving on now. And then, to have Justin Reed immediately come back and be like, no, I'm still going on. It's just like, that's not a good look. That's no, not, a good, not look a good at look at all for look, anybody. Uh, the Chiefs defense looks as bad on Twitter right now as it did on <laughs> Sunday. All right. Like that is carried over through the Ooh, week. That is, that is saying something. <laughs> well, now that we're completely off track, let's yeah. talk some Kansas City Royals baseball, man. Sure. There is there is not a lot going on. I, I you know I I keep getting these notifications on my phone. Such and such a sign. Such and such traded. Such and such signed. And I'm just like, oh cool. No, not still not the Royals. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. As of so we're recording this Wednesday night, 7:35 Eastern Standard Time. The Royals right now are not only the only team to not sign a major league free agent. Whew. They haven't signed a minor league free agent Ugh. and they haven't made a trade. They're the only team to not do any of those three so far. So I don't know what's going on in Kaufman. Maybe we need to check if the, the phones are working or if the internet's good. I know, I know they're out in San Diego right now. Maybe they're did, getting some Wi-Fi. Did, 
did Dayton Moore did he did he steal some pa- did he like change some passwords before he left and nobody could get into like the the free agent signing software? You know what it was? Mike Matheny left and he took his Excel sheet with him and oh. that just broke the whole thing. <laughs> oh man! The Excel well, spreadsheets are extremely important when it comes yes, to hard. getting things done. So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> One formula off and the whole thing goes goes mm-hmm. to crap. Absolutely. But look, it is it, it's a little frustrating, and let, let's go ahead and start off with it. So I was a proponent that the Royals, they had they have some holes to fill, no doubt, but they shouldn't be big, splashy spenders this offseason. Not saying that they have to go out and get an A-list guy. So, Jeremy, what how I posed it to you earlier is, is what we and the fans want. Is that what the team actually needs or are we, are we having unrealistic expectations that they do something? I, apparently, uh, because the, <laughs> the reality says it's not happening. And, and listen, there's a lot of off season left. There are still plenty of guys out there uh, who are interesting uh, that the Royals could go out there and sign. So all hope is not lost yet, but at the same time, this is not fun. No. <laughs> this is, no. this is boring. And, and they just keep ramming, keep uh, ramming might be the wrong word. They keep bringing up this downtown stadium. They want to build. Oh, I want to build a downtown stadium. We're going to have a meeting about the downtown stadium. It's going to cost $2 billion to a downtown stadium. Downtown stadium sounds like a great plan. How about a downtown stadium guys? And I'm just like, you want a downtown stadium. First of all, I'm opposed to that for a lot of reasons, most mostly because the it's going to be funded by taxpayers and right. then it's going to personally enrich uh, uh, the the ownership group, John Sherman mm-hmm. and everybody else. And mm-hmm. they're going to make a lot of money off of it. And it's not going to do much for Kansas City as as as, as you know, a, a city. It's not going to bring a lot of money to the to the people of Kansas City other than that ownership group. So I'm opposed to it for that reason. But if you want a downtown stadium, if you want anything from other people, you should be giving them something, I think. Yep. And and right now, John Sherman and and JJ Piccolo and and everybody in, in the Royals organization is not they're not giving the Royal they're not giving Royals fans or Kansas City citizens anything. With the, absolutely nothing. They're just like, we're just going to sit on our hands over here. You, we, we want a stadium. And, uh, and until you, it's almost like they're holding them hostage. Like until you agree to the stadium, no free agents, but mm-hmm. it, will they bring free agents? in if they do sign a state, like if they get their stadium, would they then bring free agents? in? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Look, it is. And for one, I'm really interested to see how this whole talking tour that they're doing is going to go. I think we're going to see some very, very interesting clips on social media. Oh yeah. Of fans reacting to this. 100%. And, and of things, and probably of them saying like really weird things, just like Mm -hmm. extremely fat. They'll just be like, yep, this, this, and this. And then you just be like, wait, what are are you sure? Cause I mean, we already have the, it would cost $2 billion to renovate Kauffman stadium to become a moderate, like, no, it wouldn't. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's there's there's so much smoke and mirrors with with this stuff. And it, it's so sad that us as a public kind of accept that with any large project such as building a downtown baseball stadium would be. Um, and we're, we're going to see it all unfold over the years. This isn't going to be a, you know, 
by spring training 23, we're going to have a brand new <laughs> stadium downtown. We're going to get more developments. I'm sure we're going to hear some, some unanonymous sources talk about like, Hey, Kaufman's actually not that bad or, Hey, this downtown stadium isn't going very well. Or, you know, we're, we're going to hear a lot of chatter. Just got settle in. So, it's going to be a hell of a ride. I, if I if I was a betting man, I would put odds wherever I could put them. I would I would bet large amounts of money somewhere that part of the conversation is going to include like, you know, if we build a downtown stadium, we can get some of that famous Kansas City barbecue. Like we'll get we'll get Gates, we'll get uh, Jacks, so, whoever, we'll get somebody inside the stadium. Finally, that's what they'll tell us. And you know what? They'll get the taxpayers right away, right? Uh, yep. Yep. Well, it depends. Sarcasm, you know, it way. depends on who who they're loyal to around there. Yes, that is very true. And for our listeners, I do just want to clarify this: Jeremy and myself, we're not in in this taxpayer pool that would be funding the stadium. We kind of, outside of being Royals fans, we really don't have a horse in the race. And I can't imagine being a non like being a baseball fan, but not being a Royals fan. And seeing your taxes go up for this stadium that you're not even going to use. I mean, Royals fans are even complaining about it. So, look. And, and, and I just want to emphasize that the stadiums were bad enough when they were just doing stadiums. Now it's not just stadiums that they're building. They're building whole real estate developments. They want to build whole villages around the ballpark that they can that they can also profit off of. This is mm -hmm. what happened down in Atlanta. I, I lived in Georgia uh, for the last few years until I recently moved to North Carolina. So I watched this happen where they built, they didn't just build a stadium. They did a whole real estate development around the stadium because that's what they really wanted. They didn't care about the baseball. They wanted the real estate money. Mm -hmm. It's all, it's all just a shell game, man. Moving, moving that money around so you can make more money down the road. But now we're getting into a little bit of the conspiracy stuff. Let, let's save that for, for later on when we talk all about right. Yankees and baseball. Let, all let, right. people, well, let people get used to us before I bring that stuff in, I guess. Huh? Yeah, I, I know. This is still our first episode. We got we to <laughs> ease people into this. Goodness <laughs> gracious, Jeremy. <laughs> but look, it is you're, – you're right about it being a long offseason. There are – you know, we're, we just got done with the winter meetings. All right, it feels like there should be a lot going on right now, but in reality, it's not that crazy to think the Royals are just going to pick the leftovers of the free agent pool. Okay, that's that's what they've done before. Have they done it successfully? I can't really think of a signing that they have done successfully. Can you? Um Chris Young, 2015. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, you know, it happens every once in a while, and and you know, we do have to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, I think, because this is where analytics can come into play. Where yeah, you can, you can make some better signings. You can instead of just going, oh well, uh, Jason Hamill had a good ERA last year. I guess yeah. let's bring him in. You can be like, oh, you know what? This guy is not getting any deals, but he actually, by based on this analytic that we're looking at. Uh, you know, might actually ha be be bound to have a better year this year. We could get him cheap now that nobody else, everybody else has kind of given up on him. Uh, yeah. Let's bring him in. Um, so if you if you have faith 
in your analytics department, it's not an awful way to do things. And, you know, hopefully it's going to lead to us uh, getting guys who perform a little bit. In the past, what's happened is they waited until the end and then they go out and they get uh, a, a Carlos Santana. And they're like, you know, Carlos mm -hmm. Santana has been good for so long and, you know, all this stuff. And then it turns out, well, maybe you should have seen that he was 36 years old and ready to stop playing yes. so well. And uh, and so, but other teams can wait till late and and get guys in who who can really perform. And yeah. so hopefully we can see something more like that than the Carlos Santana deals. Oh, hopefully so, man. Hopefully so. And you know what? Trying to trying to zoom out to a thousand foot level on this, I didn't even really register. But outside of the Yankees and the Red Sox, not a whole lot of AL teams. Period. That's have true. Made big free agent move. So I don't know if there's something going on behind the scenes. Um, maybe, maybe they're letting the big dogs kind of battle Everybody it out. Everybody was bidding on Aaron judge. Yeah. And they that, were afraid to make it. Well. I mean, the, the guy got freaking nine years and $360 million. What can go wrong? What can go wrong, Jeremy? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I was reading about the baseballs uh, that were used last year, and uh, I have some thoughts about that, but uh, we'll get to what, that maybe later. What's going to tell us about that? Okay, so uh, I was reading about the the baseballs that were used last year. There was a there was this kind of article, kind of study that was done, and then there was an article presented about it. Uh, and basically, they there were three baseballs used last year, even though Rob Manford promised only one ball from now on, the deader ball. Uh, turns out that didn't happen. Uh, some there were some live balls, and there were what they called Goldilocks balls, uh, which were a little bit heavier than the dead balls, but not as heavy as what they had used as live balls in the past. And the really weird thing about these Goldilocks balls they found was that they were only used in three types of games. They were used in games with like commemorative stamps. So like the Rangers 50th anniversary, uh, the all-star game, the home run derby. Mm -hmm. um, and they were used in postseason games and they were used in Yankees games. Oh, so uh. Aaron judge was, was hitting some balls that were a little bit livelier than most of the balls everybody else was playing with. And, and wasn't wasn't there some like big you know historical milestone he hit? I that, think you know I heard something about that, but I wasn't paying yeah. really super close attention. Oh my god! Uh, I don't. Roger Maris's son came out and was like, "Oh, this is the this this will be the real uh, the real record uh, because oh, now there's no cheating involved." <laughs> uh, <laughs> Psych. <laughs> now to be fair, like you read the article and it's like the ball the balls fly uh, the livelier balls fly like two or three feet further but uh, two or three feet can make a difference it can and um you know i i don't personally i don't i don't think it there's there's really a big conspiracy here i think it's just yeah. one of those bizarre things mm -hmm. but at the same time like it just kind of highlights for me the fact that everybody who complains about Mark McGuire or Barry Bonds, like, you know, before steroids, we had greenies. Uh, yeah. Before that, we had spitballs. 
you know, we there there's always been, we had high and, and there's been rule changes too, not just cheating. Um, yeah. where the like the mounds have been lowered and stuff like that. So it's just to me, baseball is always changing and and the circumstances it's being played under are always changing. I mean, they keep changing the baseballs for goodness sakes. Yep, that they do. Uh, and they even admit to that. So it's like if a record is a record, y'all. I I don't care if you did steroids because, frankly, most people were doing steroids. So the guy you <laughs> hit the home run off of was probably using steroids too. Yeah. Um. So I. It's just that. That's that's kind of what I where I come down on that is like, yeah, it probably didn't make much of a difference. It just uh, for me highlights that the, there's always changes going on. Yeah, there there is, and I. I guess as a younger as a younger fan, like growing up watching baseball, I really baseball was always presented to me as like this wholesome sport, like this very like, I guess, gentleman's game. And I don't know, like in a sense, oh, we don't want that crass football over there. We got the stick ball over here. Yeah, it's quiet. But like as as the years go on. And you see all these changes that are, and th- th- they're transparent about it most of, most of the time. I would say there's certainly some things going on behind the scenes, but the waters are continually getting more and more muddy, and it just calls into question more of the stuff that was going on in the past. You know, what what if these other commissioners they weren't being as transparent? What if you know we we know a lot more about sports in real time now? because of things like social media and the internet, things like that. What, what if there were big changes that just didn't get written about in the newspaper, man? It's so I don't think it's as much of a conspiracy theory as you would play it to me. I think it might be a big, a little bit bigger of a deal because the Yankees, the Yankees draw ratings, Aaron judges home run chase certainly drew ratings. And I mean, why not? Uh, why not give them a little little edge in those games? So that's I mean, that's, that's for fair. another time. I'm sure if there's something there, we'll hear about it here in about two or three years, right, Jeremy? Sure. I I, I get. We'll find out. I guess. Yeah, I, I could. I could see it going like blowing up. I could see it just kind of quietly disappearing. Yeah. There's a lot of money involved in in making sure that you know nothing too big gets out there, but. That that is true. That is true, dude. We are just absolutely hammering the listeners with um, <laughs> conspiracy theories. This is uh, this is a very interesting start to this tenure. Max, I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> I, this is not part of. I I didn't plan this. I don't think you planned this. It's just, no, I didn't either. Turns out we're just talking. a couple of conspiracy theorists. <laughs> No, we'll just put our tinfoil hats on. We'll uh, and we'll keep going. But no, no, no. We're we're we'll go ahead and stop. But you know what? Where, where I talk about the Yankees, I saw kind of a funny clip on Twitter this uh, week yeah. at the at the winter meetings, and it's um I I call them you know media scrums. Mm-hmm. They have certain people up from each team available for the media to talk to, to interview, things like that. And on one side of the room, you have the Yankees, and they have like a dozen rows deep, just a semicircle around one person. I can't even really tell who it is. I think it's, oh, oh, it was Aaron Boone. Yeah. Aaron Boone, that's who that was. And then, like, 20 feet over, you have our brand new manager, 
and he has like six people sitting in front of him and you don't even know who they are and i kind of i kind of felt bad for him jeremy <laughs> i really did like, I, I i don't know speaking as a person who does not super care for public speaking i that might be more comfortable in his situation that is true. I mean, hey, that's uh, that's what the Royals press conferences are going to be like, right? Right. I, it's not like he had a whole heck of a lot to say. No, the Royals haven't true. done anything. What's he supposed to talk about? I, I, one of the questions they asked was like, "Is Zach Greinke coming back?" And he's just like, "Well, I I call I called him to say hi <laughs> right before he went on vacation. We haven't talked other than that, so I I, I don't know. It's like, oh, well, what's he supposed to say? Like, <laughs> come on, guys." How's your office? Well, I haven't even seen it yet. So <laughs> it's look, he, he is a brand new guy on the job, but still you would think the the whole idea of the, oh, this is the shiny new toy would at least garner a little bit of attention. But in comparison to the New York media giant, it's it's nothing, man. Even when no. it's right two steps. I mean, away. and there's people talk about this all the time, and it's for real, like the difference between playing or coaching or managing or whatever in New York and Kansas city, the mm -hmm. way the media treats you and the, and like just a sheer volume of media members yeah. in, in a New York setting versus a Kansas city setting is just unreal. Um, I do not envy anyone who works at a New York <laughs> sports franchise. Not, not even a little bit. That hey, that's a that's a great spin on it. Spin on it, man. And speaking of the media, um, do want to wish Ann Rogers, the Royals beat reporter over at MLB.com. She's getting married this week, man. Yeah, so. I, she 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 went and decided to take a vacation. Maybe she knows something we don't know about the Royals not doing anything. She's like, oh yeah, this is <laughs> this is a great time to take a vacation. They're not doing it. They're not going to do anything. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm great for her getting married yeah. and, and, and getting some time off. Uh, she deserves it. So exactly, exactly. Con congratulations to her and the, and the significant other. I do honestly, I hope she's getting some well-deserved rest. Um, I, I, I think she provides really good coverage for us fans and really consistent Absolutely. coverage as well. So it is, we've she's been, definitely an asset to the team. We, I, I will say that. We have been super blessed with uh, beat reporters here in Kansas City for for years and years. Uh, both Kansas City Star, Athletic, and MLB.com beat reporters have all just been absolutely fantastic. And uh, Ann Rogers is absolutely no exception to that rule. Yep. Completely agree. Completely agree. Well, um, we, we would be remiss, honestly, if we didn't talk about the Rule 5 draft at all sure during during this show but i did, mean we, did anyone we, tell the royals about the rule five draft i don't think so <laughs> i i think back to the excel spreadsheet i'm pretty sure the mm -hmm. off-season schedule was in there maybe they had some formulas wrong mm -hmm. and the dates were off mm -hmm. so hey you know what at least we know that they were in the right city because we saw them on camera that's but true that's that's, that's, that's true. about it most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. 
when you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. You know, that's the what we know, that's a good sign. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll, Gotta I'll start somewhere. That. Yes, exactly. So it is, it, it's both a good and a bad thing that there wasn't any major moves made for the Royals in the Rule 5 draft. Um, honestly, I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, the Rule 5 draft's tomorrow. Jeremy and I are going to talk about it and like, what are we worried about? Yada, yada, yada. And then I woke up a little bit. I was like, oh, crap, that's today. That is, uh, <laughs> that is going on today. I am wrong. I you know, I wasn't thinking about when it was at all. I was like, oh, it could be a week or two from now. I don't know. And then I got the <laughs> notification on my phone like an hour ago. It's like the rule five draft is over. And I'm like, uh, oh, <laughs> what? Cool. But my concern um, lied in the players that the Royals could lose, not really the ones that they could gain. Um, the big, the two big headline folks were Logan Porter and TJ Sigma, which um, Porter he he's a I think he's he's a great dude. I think he's a really solid contact baseball player. I don't like foresee a long term fit for him in the Royals organization. So as good as he is, I mean, amazing contact hitter. I don't I wouldn't have been as distraught to lose him because he could you know, there's something to be said about him going and getting an opportunity somewhere else. Um, the main one I was worried about was TJ Sigma, especially freaking considering that the Royals just traded for the guy mm -hmm. and everyone else was protected except for him. Like Jeremy, did that surprise you? Uh, it did, especially, um, because the, the guys that are on the 40 man roster that don't make any sense to me. And, and so I, I kind of, I'm surprised that TJ Sikama was not one of the guys they protected and, and also like disappointed and frustrated that they chose to protect those guys rather than, you know, take a chance, see what's out there mm -hmm. as far as, because we all know rule five guys don't usually work out. Joaquin Soria and Brad Keller aside. Yeah. Um, but they can, because mm -hmm. we've seen Joaquin Soria and Brad Keller. Yep. Um, so it, it, it seems like it's worth a shot. Try something. Exactly. And, you know, you're sitting, you don't have anything else going for you. You might as well try. It's yeah. not like you're the, the Dodgers sitting there going, oh, well, you know, we've got our roster pretty set. There's not really a room for a guy like that. <laughs> right. That's not the case here. So and then you've got uh, Ryan O'Hearn is, is on this roster. And, and the other one that really confuses me is Freddie Fermin. Yeah. It, he doesn't seem to have a, a spot on this team or any major league team. <laughs> so I don't, why is he did? And he didn't have to go on the 40 man roster. No, he could, they could have left him off and, and been fine. I, no one was going to take him. No. 
no no one would have he he really look he didn't get a great shot in kansas city he's made his debut of course but even in the minor minors he's not inspiring i would say no and, and the whole thing when he was when he got his shot in kansas city was that like he never would have made it to the major leagues if it wasn't for the the guys who weren't going to toronto and it was so exciting to see this guy who just probably would never have made it if that had happened to just see him play and, and everyone was hoping he'd get a hit because he probably wasn't ever going to get another shot. And mm-hmm. then the Royals had him to the 40 man roster. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so maybe they just want another backup catcher. That makes sense. Whatever. Cause they, they traded camp Gallagher. They didn't keep Sebastian Rivero fine. But then you hear all the rumors, like the, the very few rumors that the Royals are tied to anybody is they're looking for a backup catcher. Yep. Exactly. So what are we doing? I I don't think they know. I think we will learn as they learn. But <laughs> it's to to your to your point. Um, you know, Ken Rosenthal's weekly hot stove updates has been the bane of Salvador Perez to Chicago um, rumor mill. But the one mention of the Kansas City Royals is that the Royals are interested in who is it? It's Mike Zunio, Zunino. I can't even mm-hmm. say his I, – I don't know how to say that name. I think it's Zunino. Z- Zunino? I yeah, mean, the Tampa Bay catcher, right? Yeah, that's right. Guy, The guy is coming off of an injury, major surgery. It's – like, why? Why? I'm, he's, and he's not exactly young anymore. No. And he, he kind of – the last I remember is he kind of profiles like Salvador Perez. Not a yeah. lot of contact, a little bit of pop. Not as good an arm as Salvi, but maybe he frames a little bit better. But maybe I, I don't know how much. I, like he's not. He I don't ever hear about him getting gold glove stuff. So it's I I don't. It's it's just frustrating. At, they, at I mean, if point. they traded Salvador Perez and got rid of the money, and they could get Zanino for less, sure. So if that's their plan, but. Then I go back to Stephen Cohen is spending over $300 million on his roster and you yep. can't spend a hundred on yours. Yep, exactly. And that is that, you know what, man, that is full circle to the beginning of our episode. <laughs> that is full I, circle. I, I'm good at that. I, yes, I don't let yes you are. Jeremy, I think I'm going to keep you around, man. All I right. Think... <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stick around then. Hey, I, I, I appreciate that, man. But just to, just to wrap up the whole free agency thing, there's I am curious if they're being conservative and short term, especially with catcher, considering some of these catching prospects that are still in the farm system, because I think they are strong at at that position for prospects. But what are the OK? So I'm got to admit that the minor leagues are not my forte here. Yeah, I know the big names. Who who do we got in the minor? I, I know Freddie Fermin. He's not the guy. So who do we who do we got that's coming that you you're looking for? Um, for, first one that comes to my mind is, is Carter Jensen. Okay. I would expect I would expect him in 2024. I'm not expecting okay. him in 23. I didn't, but, I didn't realize he was a catcher for some reason. Yeah, that he is. And you know what? I am. I'm not gonna lie. I completely forgot that Logan Porter was a catcher. I oh. definitely thought that he was an outfielder for some I reason. I thought he was a first baseman. I got him confused with the that other Logan. 
there's the, there's too many Logans, man. There, yeah. What, what is what? It, I mean, Wolverine's great, guys, but not everybody needs to be Logan. Hey, there you go. I like it. I like it. But so Carter Jensen's one. Um, Luca Trish is one that is uh that's overlooked a little bit, obviously by myself included. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hayden Dunhurst um, is a guy that I've heard some things about. I was on, I'm blanking on his name right now, but I was on the locked on MLB prospects show a few weeks back. And we like compared under the radar prospects. And that was, that was the guy that he brought up. Um, so okay. Three catchers in the Royals' top 30 prospects overall. I think there's some promising guys, especially with how Carter profiles, but he's only 19 years old, of course, so there he's he's far from a sure thing. I I just can't see the Royals trading Salvi, even, even with Dave Moore gone. I think that would be, like, as, as much as it might make sense – because he is getting older and he's probably in his decline and, you know, mm-hmm. get whatever you can for him. I think this is one case where you want to keep the star. Yeah. Um, we're talking about, you know, convincing taxpayers to fork over for a new stadium uh, at the same time as I'm saying, bring in new free agents to get people excited. You can't be trading guys like yeah. franchise heroes like Salvador Perez. Mm-hmm. Um, I just that would just be a huge mistake. I think in in in, a, in every way except for like competitive baseball, right? And, and, and that's the kind of thing that that I that's the one thing I don't want to see the Royals bring in from the Rays or the Guardians is to say this is a beloved figure and we absolutely have to trade him now because we got to maximize profits at all or maximize wins at all costs. It's like, I want you to maximize wins, but not at all costs. Correct. So that, Correct. that yeah, I, I hope they don't trade him. No, I, I, that's I, counter I, to I, everything I else I say, but <laughs> I, I don't think that the payroll relief is enough to, to trade. And, him. and I go back to, they don't need payroll relief. They're already paying far less <laughs> than they should be for their payroll. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it was, let's see, who, who was it that signed today? Who was the catcher? Wilson Contreras. That's yeah. I mean, five years, 87 and a half million for Wilson Contreras. Like I, I thought that was a good move. Um, I know Alex Duvall, he was um, his scheme of trading away Salvi on Twitter. He linked them to the Cardinals um, and then the Cardinals went and, Sign a guy. I so I, guy I don't think there's an obvious Yachty. suit for Salvador, anyways. Yeah. So we'll we'll wait and see. Maybe there's something going on behind the scenes. I wouldn't. I think the the Salvi to Chicago stuff just has to do with the fact that like people know people kind of see him and Pedro Grafol yeah. as linked yeah. and there's got to be some kind of draft sm- or trade smoke around the Royals, right? Somebody's got to be thinking something. They're not yes. just going to sit on their hands all winter. Right. Right. <laughs> and who else are the Royals going to trade? They're not going to trade Bobby Witt jr. No. They're not going to, uh, they can't trade any of these young guys. I mean, they might, but it would be a mistake. So Salvador it, it Perez would. is about the only veteran piece they have. Well, I definitely think that that's something that we should talk about on a on a future podcast. But we have uh, we have drowned our listeners in speculation and conspiracy theories for the past thirty minutes. <laughs> so 
why don't we be a little refreshing with some Royals review reviews? All right. All right. Jeremy, what you got for us this week? Oh, man. I told you I was going to have something ready, and then <laughs> I failed. Uh, I'm going to go with. Come back to me. I'm going to go with that. Come back to me in just a second. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Um, mine of the week. I just got done listening to their discography. So I can say this with a little bit of confidence. Um, there's a band called bear tooth. Mm. Um, their, their new single called riptide is, um, going up the billboard charts. Very. So I've always liked the instrumentals of metal, but I've never really liked the vocals of it. Um, so like that's why I kind of settled in the in the pop punk kind of middle um, because I could understand the the lyrics. But I don't know, man, I just got tired of the angsty teenager bull crap. So uh, I think Beartooth is a good middle ground between those two. Um, sure. Their their front man has a has a very good voice, goes back and forth um, between a little bit more of the the th- throat singing and actual singing um good metal they have good metal songs they have good pop punk songs go back and forth um but riptide i'm sure is one that you're gonna be hearing on the radio in the coming weeks i'll i'll have to look them up bear i mean Beartooth is just that's a terrific band name i know right <laughs> they, have, they have really good out al- i don't know why I love good album cover art. Sure, sure, sure. And they have very good album cover art. I, I mean, say. The, the saying is don't judge a book by its cover. There's nothing about judging a CD by its cover. That's true. That is very true. I do judge them all the time. I am a judger. <laughs> okay, so I have I have my answer now. Um, oh, boy. I'm going to go ahead and go with kind of an oldie that I finally watched uh, this weekend. Get Out. Really? Uh, starring Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, and I I watched that over the weekend and I, I'd seen some videos about it. So I, I kind of knew what was going to happen going into it. I'm not a big horror movie person. Yeah. Um, I especially don't care for jump scares, but um, and this is not a movie that has a ton of jump scares. So that's great for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot going on in that movie um, that was really enjoyable. Um it made me I always talk about video games as being kind of a unique experience because you can do things with stories of video games where you can make the audience feel something because they're participating in it in a way that yep. is harder to do in movies or books or whatever else, a, a passive medium. Um, but this movie made me feel situations and moments um, in a way that I have not often experienced. Um, and, and, you know, from a perspective, I definitely haven't experienced because there's, there's a lot about race in the movie, obviously, uh, as it's a, as a, it's about a black man, uh, visiting his white girlfriend's family and and then horror stuff happens. Yes. Um, so, uh, to, to not give too much away about the, the plot of that movie, but it's, uh, (laughs) it it was, and, and the horror aspects were really good too. Like it was very tense Yes, and, and and it sets things up, and it does really interesting things that way too. Um, so it's it's just, and there's terrific stuff. I was watching it with a friend who pointed out the use of color in the movie is is very important. Um, hmm. So with the with the main character, he he's almost always in blues. He's wearing blues or in blue lighting. 
Um, and then the 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 family is almost always in orange, which is oh. kind of a warning color. And he's kind of in like a like a cool color. And then there oh, there's a lot of green, indoor green, which is uh, apparently a sign of like something's not right here. You don't usually like huh. you'll see outdoor green is very natural. It feels like yeah. this is good. Indoor green is like oh, this doesn't feel right. It's a little um, unsettling. Yeah. So it's really cool to to just see like some some experience an experienced director and some great cinematography uh and, and just uh, i mean it was very well written very well directed very well acted i there's there's nothing i could say about that movie that isn't phenomenal uh there so you if go. you haven't seen it i think you should do yourself a favor and, and check that out yeah that was shoot that one came out about five years ago now was it said at least five like five or six yeah man that's i that's like a to be way movie. behind the times <laughs> Um, it is, I definitely think it is Jordan Peele's best movie still. Mm-hmm. Um, he has directed us and Nope. Um, so he definitely still has the uh, the short title thing going for him. I like him <laughs> right to the point. Um, but I still think it, it is his best movie. So, yeah, I, I fully agree with you, Jeremy. That, that's, a, that's a good one to bring up, man. Yeah. But look, Jeremy, we're 38 minutes in, man. I think it's time to wrap it up. What do you think? Oh, I guess the we are supposed to be. It's it's Christmas time. Wrapping things up is pretty standard, I guess. Hey, there you go. The one the one thing that I don't like, and I'll we'll close on this. What what's one thing about Christmas you don't like? Oh, that's easy. The oh. music. <laughs> I cannot stand. The, okay, I worked in retail for far too long. Oh, so I, the Chris, I'm done. Especially. The worst one is last Christmas I gave you my heart because I worked at one place that had that had like a CD that had like, I don't know, 20 Christmas songs. And three of them were variations of last Christmas. (laughs) And that that's just too much. It is no more. It it very much is. And I can't even so talking about how like getting older, like changes your perspective on things. Growing up, the voice of Christmas was Bing Crosby, man. Yeah. <laughs> White Christmas and, like, all the songs that he just sang and, like, learning more about him as a person and whenever he pops up on the on the track list, I'm like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip over this one. I can't, can't really think of him the same. Me, personally, it's it's the decorating. It's oh, not – I'm, I'm good with decorating a tree, but I kid you not, in my office and you know i'm at a military command so like it's supposed to be pretty professional right we have a the outdoor blow up 10 foot tall inflatable <laughs> snowman about six feet away from my desk so all i hear all day is yeah, that yeah, thing yeah, humming yeah. along i've got this gigantic thing just sitting next to me all day i am tired of it already i I don't blame you. Not even a little bit. <laughs> Decorations are definitely up there for me too. So I get it. Hey, there you go. Well, Jeremy, I think we had a really good debut episode together. I'm I'm really looking forward to working with you more on this. So I do greatly, greatly appreciate you coming on the show tonight um, for, for the listeners. You know what? I like to keep things transparent. I complain about people not doing it, so I'm going to do it. Um, for the foreseeable future, it's going to be Jeremy and me as co-hosts together on this show. Every now and then, 
we'll have a third on here. Maybe if I can secure some interviews, we'll have other folks from Royals Review and other Royals creators on the show with us. I think that'll be that'll be fun. We'll have some good debates, get some good information out there. But it's gonna be me and Jeremy once a week. Sound good? Uh, it sounds great to me. Hell yeah! I'd listen to it. <laughs> I hey, I I hope folks are listening to it too. I mean, I'm just I'm just <laughs> shouting at a wall right now, I guess. <laughs> but Jeremy, um, do you do you have anything coming out on Royals Review anytime soon? Do you have any projects you're working on? Uh, so those of you who are familiar with my Royals writing know that I like to get a little bit weird when I <laughs> comes to the off season. Yeah. Uh, especially when the Royals aren't doing anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually have already figured out what I'm going to write for my uh, Saturday article. Uh, And so those of you who are listening, I guess you get a little sneak preview. I'm going to write, uh, going to follow up my series, uh, the Does It Hold Up series uh, with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, with a little, he's got a little baseball going on in there, so I figured that's close enough. <laughs> uh, so that's I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch that movie and let you know does it still hold up in 2022? All right. So I I think you should do the the 90s Super Mario Brothers next. I you know what that that makes sense. I should do that. <laughs> I have to put that on there somewhere. Hell yeah, sounds like a plan. Well, if you want more of Jeremy's wacky off-season content or just, you know, some good old-fashioned Royals rumblings to start off your morning every day, please go check out the work over at Royals Review. You can also find us on Twitter and on Facebook. We're always putting out content, always engaging with the Royals community, and that's what it's all about. So, everyone out there, again, this is Jake Milham. That's Jeremy Greco over there. And thank you again for listening. And until next time, go Royals.